0: Hello and welcome to the FSF PopCast Live Edition. Hello and welcome to the FSF PopCast, the show that makes you wish the memory erasing devices in the movie Men in Black weren't fictional. Oh, hey, look, I got a co-host. Ta-da! And he's muted. He's a muted... I got a co-host, but he's a muted co-host. He's talking. His lips are mu- moving furiously over there on the other side. This is fantastic. If you're listening to the audio replay, this is probably the best 30 seconds of comedy I've had in a little while. This is fantastic. So it's just like, mar, 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 mar. it's like How Charlie Brown's teacher. But, oh, we have a voice. This is good. Yeah, we can hear you now.
1: Well, as you were saying, I had a memory flash.
0: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, it was like Charlie Brown's teacher. The lips were moving, but but no sound was coming. out. It was fantastic.
1: Isn't that just what your face looks like all the time?
0: Pretty much, yeah. <laughs> You've talked with my wife, okay.
1: All right, but before we get into tonight's show, we need to say our thanks to our show partner, Level Up Sabers. Let's roll that nerdy footage. Doing it. Links for level-up sabers can be found in our show notes and our comment sections.
0: And don't forget, this saber is better than a stick. Because that's what <clears throat> Master Allen says, and it's legit. And so we also remind you that the link is right there. It's on the screen. You guys can use that as you see fit. And that helps our show by you buying one of these awesome level-up sabers like I have here in my hand uh, that are supremely well-built and in, very durable, by the way. I'd like to point that out. Uh, your purchasing that helps us to continue to grow. We get a cut of that and it helps us to offset our monthly costs in order to put this show on for you. If for whatever reason, though, you don't want to do that and you think, well, you know what, that's not just not for me. Well, then we have another way for you to help the show. You can always buy us a coffee. We take the proceeds there. Same thing that helps us offset our monthly bills and we get to have fun uh, that way. And if you're watching on YouTube, please do what the banner says down below. Please remember to click like and subscribe. So at the beginning of this show tonight, we are sitting at 699 subscriptions. It'd be really cool to hit 700, you know, before the end of the show. No pressure. Even cooler Um, at 1,000. Well, at 1,000, you get to see Nick and I dance around with lightsabers doing the uh, uh, Frankenstein dance from Young Frankenstein. So putting on the Ritz. (laughs) So, yeah, that's going to happen. <laughs> it's definitely going to be problematic in a lot of ways, uh, but also should be funny for the majority of you. So, um, but yeah. So anyway, uh, if you have an opportunity to please click the like and subscribe, it helps us to continue to grow. We've got some at the end of the show we'll talk about it in just a few minutes. Um, we've got some awesome guests coming up. Some pre-recorded interviews from people out in the sci-fi and pop culture world that you guys are for sure gonna want to be, well, Mm -hmm. in attendance for. I guess maybe that is that the phrase I'm looking for. Listen to and watch. How about that? You're gonna want to be in attendance. Well, let's go with it. Yeah, you want to be in attendance for it. What the hell? Let's go with that one.
1: I'll give (laughs) you a hint for one of them.
0: Strawberries. Okay, I get the hit now. It took me a second. And the sad (laughs) thing is, I'm the one, I was actually in the interview, and I'm still sitting here going, Huh? (laughs) Say what now? All right, so.
1: Yeah, uh,
0: one of our our first guests on the list is not here yet, so just go ahead and and introduce our other two. So we have
1: Robert and Gio from the Science Fiction Remnant.
2: Welcome, guys. Hello, I-, I thought this is where the party was. At.
3: I just had to make fun of Blake.
2: <laughs>
0: oh, I love it. How you doing, guys? As soon as as soon as your head popped on the screen and you're doing, I was like, I know exactly what he's doing. <laughs> All right, <laughs> I Can I get it a lot because
3: I did that many times in my show too. <laughs>
0: uh well, hey, guys, this is Robert and Gio from Science Fiction Remnant. Uh, they have become good friends of ours, and we've we've worked closely with these guys on a couple different things. Uh, they've been here on our show. They've been kind enough to, kind enough to have us and on their show and put up with us over there. And uh, you you may have noticed, too, that every Wednesday when we do Crossover Connection, uh, mm. these guys were actually our very first Crossover Connection. Oh. And, and we shared out their episode first, and we've had a lot of fun with these guys. So, uh, hoping that you guys uh, know that as well oh we just got a subscriber we just hit 700 who's your daddy
3: man i'm telling you i was i posted the, this link right now like in maybe minimum 10 to 15 groups
0: there you go <laughs> well, awesome one we're gonna get <laughs> <There you> go. <laughs> That's right, not so bad hey actually we're at 701 Woo-hoo. welcome to the dark Woo-hoo. side <laughs> all right. Well, welcome, our fellow nerds. We're glad you're here. Hope you guys are enjoying the show so far. But hey, before we go too much farther, Robert, Gio, why don't you guys take a minute, tell everybody about your show, uh, where they can find it, and why you guys are just so doggone cool. I'm the feisty one, and
3: he's the nice one. Robert, you're the a nice one, so you can give better details.
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we, we, we're basically that conversation that you have on your way to a Comic-Con. We like to talk about all kinds of sci-fi properties. It doesn't matter where they come from. Uh, It could be a movie, TV show, books, games. doesn't matter. And our show is Science Fiction Remnant could be found everywhere. And if you don't find us somewhere, reach out to me. I'll make sure it gets there.
0: It's all across the galaxies. Yeah, yeah. Um, Yeah, because it used to be that you guys were just an audio and then you guys switched, correct? And then then you started doing, uh, you're releasing the YouTube episodes about what, three to four weeks later after the audio episode airs? Is that correct?
2: Yeah, that, that's correct. That, or initially, we wanted to do a live, but it dis- didn't really work. So the way that we turned out for season two is uh, we basically released the episode exactly a month after the audio episode releases. So if you hear a bunch of, like, shenanigans going on and you don't know what's going on, yeah, go back to YouTube and, and watch. You're going to see Captain Chaos <laughs> doing this thing. <laughs>
0: Fair enough. Uh, let's see. Well, I mean, uh, they can catch me on TikTok being a total clown too. There oh There yes. you go. Absolutely. All right. So yeah. So guys, make sure you guys go out and follow Science Fiction Remnant. Give them the love they deserve. We, uh, like I said, we've been doing a lot with these guys. And and High King Azu Okra, o- Okra, Okra. I hope I, I know I'm slaughtering your name, and I am so sorry. But uh, King, we'll just call you King. How about that, King? Uh, welcome. And uh, he was—he, I believe, I was our 700th subscriber. So nice, very cool, awesome. Um, thank you, man. I know where yeah. he's coming from, man. Thank yeah, you. that's very cool. We do appreciate it, and uh, we're glad to have you here. And hope you enjoy the conversation as we get going. Uh, while we're waiting for Nick to sort out his internet issues, because uh, Geo has shared those across the internets and uh, has. <laughs> And has uh, uh, blessed Nick with jumpy internet apparently so I think he's rebooting resetting everything I'll no probably he'll be back in um but yeah so uh so oh yeah hey Jason yeah we are watchless tonight Kathleen and uh, needed a night off and uh, John was under the weather so he was not planning on uh, filling her seat for tonight so Hopefully we'll see them in the comments and making fun of me as I strive to learn a little bit more about Star Trek tonight. So, uh, but yeah, but that's our topic for tonight. As as the the note said, we want to talk about Star Trek in the Prime Directive. Now, to set kind of set the stage here, I am uh, and good evening to you as well, Jason. So, I am the new the newbie to to Star Trek. I am the noob. I may have made fun of Star Trek my entire life, said I would never, ever watch it, um, that it was dumb, that it was boring. And now that I'm a little bit older, uh, I'm 46 years old. Now that I'm a little bit older, I actually see a lot of the the sound logic of things. And it, 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 there have been episodes that I have watched, even of the original series, even though I can't stand Captain Kirk, still can't. That's going to be an issue um, for some. He's a promoter. But, I mean, it's his nature. Yeah, yeah I just... <laughs> Can't can't swing with him. I tried, man. I just <laughs> can't do it. Uh, so I bailed on the original series and jumped over to the next generation. And I'm I'm uh, about five episodes in, and I have we have a Nick. He's back, and Maybe? so possibly for a little bit at least. <laughs> so. So yeah, so so the nature of tonight's conversation is I have no interest in bagging on Star Trek. I'm I'm like I said, I'm coming into this. I have some questions about the Prime Directive. I have some confusion about the Prime Directive. I have a specific example that I want to mention to you guys. And I'm hoping to not only get comments from Robert and Gio, of course, because they're here on screen, but if you have comments about about anything that we're saying. Whether you agree, you disagree, whatever. Go ahead and put it in the in the comment section here. We'll put it up on the screen and we'll try and talk about it for as much as we can. By the way, uh, Nick, Jason says hello to the stash. Hello. So, all right. So, the question I put out for tonight's live show was, is the Prime Directive a good rule or guideline? And does it make sense? So, what I'd like to do... Is it's about Nick sent this to me a couple days ago, but I'm just going to briefly read the prime directive in its entirety. It's two paragraphs long, and that way everybody understands what we're talking about uh, and not just me going, golly, I don't understand this. Okay, so here it is. You're going to tend to make us all confused. That is the intention, yes, because if I'm going to be confused, I want everybody to be confused. I don't want to be the only dummy sitting here going, exactly. (laughs) I don't want to be the only dummy sitting here going, well, how come you guys understand it? So, All right. (laughs) The Prime Directive prohibits Starfleet personnel and spacecraft from interfering in the normal development of any society and mandates that any Starfleet vessel or crew member is expendable to prevent violation of this rule. As the right of each sentient species to live in accordance with its normal cultural evolution is considered sacred, no Starfleet personnel may interfere with the normal and healthy development of alien life and culture. Such interference includes introducing superior knowledge, strength, or technology to a world whose society is incapable of handling such advantages wisely. Starfleet personnel may not violate this Prime Directive even to save their lives and or their ship unless they are acting to right an earlier violation or an accidental contamination of said culture. This directive takes precedence over any and all other considerations and carries with it the highest moral obligation. So that is the prime directive. So, here's my example, and here's where I'm confused.
1: The worst example ever, but okay.
0: Nick, don't make me kick you out out of the chat tonight. We haven't even gotten started yet. You're like, fine, whatever. Uh, hey, there we go. Hey, Jesse from Crusher Convo. Uh, if you remember last week, Jesse was on. And, uh, oh, you're not late, Jesse. You're right on time. We're just getting into the Prime Directive. Go ahead and duck. Because uh, so <laughs> I'm pretty sure I will be from time to time. So here's my, here's my example. Uh, now, I am also putting this out there with a very large grain of salt because everybody I've talked to has told me that this may not be the best example and that even the cast was not happy with this example of the prime directive nick's over there shaking his head like yes why are we talking about this anyway so here it is and jesse has already begun to duck <laughs> <She's> smart <laughs> all right so in ep- season one episode four there's an episode called it's Code- actually episode three is it
1: it is because i like I went to go watch it today, and I'm like,
0: that's not is episode... It episode three. Yes, it is. What's episode four? I don't
1: know. I didn't watch that. All time.
0: right, so it's episode three. It's called <laughs> Code of Honor. All right, so in the in the course of this uh, show, uh, Tasha Yar, the head of security, is kidnapped by the the, the group of people that had, had transported onto their mm-hmm. ship uh, with their own transporter. They did not use the Starfleet's transporter. They transported onto the ship, so Apparently, obviously, they have a depth of technology, and they may not have the most accurate technologies and anything and everything, but they did have transporter technology. And you know, they have a vaccine that nobody else in the world has or in the universe has, and and they need it to correct this illness, this infection that's going on. Uh, but this the the head honcho, I don't know if he was a king or whatever, but he's like really enamored with YAR and He makes it so they can abduct her and bring her bring her back to his his country, his you know, his his planet. Picard is ready to go down and and get Yar back, and then he's told we can't do that. It's a violation of the prime directive to go and get back our person. I don't think he actually said that though. Well just let me tell my story, okay? Just okay, Nick? Okay, fine, finish. Okay, but they waited. regardless, regardless, they waited like 24 hours before they did anything, and then when they get down to the planet and try and reason with these people to please let our people go, he forces Yar to participate in a duel to the death with his first wife for a man that she wasn't interested in and had no interest in being married to, and in order to, to secure her freedom. So instead of just going down and, and taking her back, that happened.
3: Oh my, That sounds like a, like a reality show, marry him or kill him. (laughs) Yeah,
0: exactly. So my question is, how does the prime directive, based on what we read is the, does the prime directive, is that what's really holding them back from going, doing that? Or was that just a plot point at that point uh, for the show? and just confusing the the daylights out of me because coming from a star Wars background and I'm, I'm, I'm putting this all out on the table coming from a star Wars background. There's no way that Han Solo or Anakin Skywalker or Luke for that matter, would have sat there and let his friends be kidnapped and not go after them. uh Just because there was a rule that said, maybe we shouldn't do this. So
3: for I- the re- for the record that since you are in the star Wars, I think that, uh, before Luke knew that Leia was his sister, he would have let Han Solo get,
0: get the beans spailed <laughs> <laughs> You're probably not wrong on that one, yeah. So, All right, so go ahead.
1: Right off the bat, uh, in the episode, it does mention that the, those people reached out to the Federation. As soon as someone actually reaches out, Prime directive no matter no longer matters.
0: Okay, so then why did uh, why did uh, what's the the council Troy? Why did Counselor Troy tell him that we couldn't do it because of the violation of prime directive? I don't remember that part, but I couldn't. No, be it's wrong. totally in there. I, I watched it twice. Do you know it was where... so that episode was so bad. I watched it twice. It, it confused I, me so much.
2: If if I may add, uh, I, yeah, I think absolutely. it is a case per case basis. Uh, Although this might not be the best example of prime directive, the prime directive kind of applies here um, because if you look at the prime directive, many people think this is related to pre-war technology civilizations, which in turn it does. But it applies to everyone, kind of like how it would apply if a political person from one country visits another country and commits a crime it's kind of like the same thing the plight, the 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 prime like no 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 I, i'm talking about
0: like diplomatic community. Uh, is that what you're trying to say
2: kind of like you know everybody has their own rules um okay like you'll notice the behavior or starfleet um within you know um like say for example when you visit uh chronos which is a klingon world uh, okay. It's completely different than if they go, say, for example, Romulan or, or Romulus, or if you, if they go to a Vulcan, Balkan, planet Vulcan. Balkan. Uh, even though those are members of the Federation, there's, there's a no slight... planet Vulcan.
3: Huh? There's no planet for the Vulcans, remember?
2: <laughs> Man, you're going to make me cry. Um... <laughs>
0: Thanks, JJ Trek
2: uh yeah so I, I don't know if i'm if i'm making any sense but it it is it is a case per case basis and depending on the planet and depending on the culture dep- depending on the si- situation uh, at once in the past it was said you know that that it was very fluid as a matter of fact i think it's still very fluid um it, it's an ever changing um kind of like the the the, the the rules of a country and how you could get them amended as as cases come up so at the beginning um it was very fluid then they rein it in and said okay this is um as it is and if you break it that's it and then after that the federation decided okay hold on a second we have a lot of different scenarios coming in so maybe we should change this rule so now they have a the, the it's, it's up to basically up to the captain, but he has to be able to defend his his uh reasoning and his decisions on a board once he gets back to Starfleet. Okay. So okay. that that okay. board decides if he goes to jail or not.
3: So in, in other way, in okay. other words, which makes sense is that his his action has to be justified. Yeah. Uh, to very justified. Exactly. He has to be okay, justified. so
0: it's a moving target, but as long as he can justify his actions to the the Starfleet command board as to why he went against the, the directive, the directive, it, it's whether or not he gets punished or allowed to continue as captain. Is that what and I'm let, understanding?
2: Correct. And let, let me know if you agree with this, but on this particular episode, um, it was very delicate because it was more of a diplomatic mission than anything else, because they needed that medicine. Right. So the it, and this is, I guess, partly why everybody says this is the worst case scenario of a prime directive, because it, it, although it was applied to this whole scenario, it, it was you were more concentrated into what that diplomatic mission meant for the Federation. And, and and how many people would die from its failure.
1: Okay. You will also notice that throughout the episode they continued to show respect for this planet's culture. Correct.
0: I, I did notice that, yeah.
1: So they they technically continued with okay, we'll just play your game. We we will follow your rules, since that's the rules you want to play by. And since they didn't want to play by their the Federation rules, they're playing by that planet's rules. And so them interfering is not actually interfering because it's part of their culture. And they just use their culture against them.
0: Okay. So I think part of where my confusion in all of this comes in is that it's always been my understanding. And again, this is from a very non-star trek understanding so just bear with me here for a second <clears throat> my understanding always was that you couldn't interfere as long as the other culture uh because i think of like um what is it it's uh the jj trilogy the second one the 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 wrath of khan remake because i think of you know, like you know there's the The uh, planet where, you know, all the people, you know, coated in the white stuff and, you know, they're obviously a very primitive culture. And so they weren't supposed to interfere. So I think about that. And to me, that that instance of the prime directive makes absolute sense because here's, you know, a warp ship and this big, massive Enterprise uh, Federation ship that, you know, obviously these people have no way of contemplating what this is or what, you know, how they got from, you know, spears and bows and arrows to, laser pointers and things that can go boom, you know? And so for me, that made sense. But in this instance, here's a group of people that were, you know, clearly of, and I understand the diplomatic portion of it. And I I understand that this is a bad example, but it's the only example I have right now because I'm still young into, into Star Trek. But here we have a people who have similar technologies to the, the, the Federation with uh, the transporting and everything else. And I guess, I guess for me, I don't understand. And I know that it's written in there as very clearly in the prime directive, you know, that they cannot um, uh, the, every, the Starfleet vessel and the crew are all expendable. So yes. I guess I I'm having a hard time understanding why the, why the crew is so expendable, but yet the captain is able to put... He puts a high value on his crew, but at that point, he just has to go. That's where I'm ha- I'm having trouble with the Prime Directive is, okay, so your crew is so awesome and, and so important to you, until something goes boom, and then all of a sudden is like, well, we got to leave them. Okay, bye. I will tell you, you
1: will... I, I, as far as I'm aware, that does not happen. So...
2: It isn't it is written in that manner. I don't remember seeing a um a specific scenario, but everyone is spendable, including the captain, when it comes down to the prime directive.
3: But I mean I I guess that also is handled at a hierarchy level too. And that's what the divide's created too. It's like inside every starship, it goes up to the commander, but beyond that then it's the commander representing the whole crew and being responsible for whatever his crew does. So it creates okay. also, it creates that division between accountability when, when this comes to.
0: Okay. All right, so Jesse's telling us that uh, Picard could have stopped what was happening to the people, but they could not interfere had uh, he had to not do anything. Even if he felt it was wrong, it's a slippery slope.
1: She was okay. talking about another episode,
0: Symbiosis.
1: Just
0: so you know. Oh, well, I still think it applies here in this in this comment as well for this for this episode, because I can I'm trying to see how it could be a slippery slope uh, in Code of Honor uh, with the with the interactions with these people and and making sure that that a you know, and I I think he did all he could to try and respect them and, and everything and and trying to retrieve his 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 crew member. But like I said, I'm just I'm having a hard time understanding why the crew gets expendable over over people that. You understand what I'm having a hard time explaining. I I get what you're
3: saying. I get what you're saying. But when you look at it, let's put aside our our sentimental value for a person as a person. Look at them as numbers, assets and, and liabilities. And basically, this this member of the crew became a liability the moment that he compromised the prime directive. So then you have to wage in uh, what's going to be worse, going there and actually put to risk this whole code of conduct for the life of one person that is going to affect a whole population. And it probably is going to take a whole different course as it advanced because of this uh, interference that they're going to have now with this community. You see? Okay. So it's like, when it's like saying, Oh, I, I love this person. So I'd rather save in than, than saving 50 people. But another person, I know this person is dead. 50 people are more worth saving, <laughs> you know? Okay. That's, that's the cold, the cold calculative way, logical way to see
0: it without being human about it. <laughs> okay. But that actually helps me because I'm looking at them at, you know, I'm look I'm watching the show and I'm seeing the relationships that Picard is establishing with each one of his crew members. And, um, Everything, everything else. And to me, so I'm watching this going, OK, so he's he's friends with all these people. Why isn't he fighting for his friends? But OK, so if, if I'm looking at them rather as assets and and, and a just a number, yeah, you know, uh, as a numbered member of the crew. In order to you're you're sacrificing the one for the good of the many, that actually makes sense to me, and I can I can wrap my head around that a little bit better than just going. Well, why the heck didn't you just go down their phasers of blasting and get his people back? Because <laughs> clear, these people have weapons and transport machines. What the heck is going on here? Just gonna point it out
3: of there, <laughs>
0: right? Just transport her out. Make <laughs> it
3: <laughs> a miracle! Oh my god!
0: <laughs> right, that's why I didn't understand. Why didn't he just beam her out? I mean, they they have transport ability. Why didn't he just like? You know, that's the thing. That's the thing.
3: I just made a joke about it. Then these people are going to believe that we're gods or something. He was a god. He just vanished. It's a miracle. He's going to temper with the natural uh, evolution of this community until they reach a, a type of society advanced enough to become part of the enterprise uh, universe, you know, and be part of that, of, of the, of the groups and be on Starfleet ships and stuff like that. But, I mean, I get what you're saying, too, because that's also why uh every show where you actually get to see interactions between a different kind of role characters it creates that kind of like you invest yourself in them so you don't want them to die you don't want them to go off or you want it at least if you're gonna die to be in some heroic way or something that okay i'm gonna remember you you know
0: and and look i'll (laughs) be honest with you five episodes and i'm already well more invested in tng than i ever was in tos so Uh, (laughs)
2: <laughs> I agree with this. <laughs> I agree with Jesse's comment here. The, the captain is responsible for his crew. Yep. In everything that happens, um, he has to figure out a way. And, and you know, I like the way that Jesse, you know, worded that sentence. They had to trick the king into releasing Yard. So they got to figure out a way to save the, the the crew member and not break. You know. Not only the prime directives, but the rules of that that world. Yeah. Um okay and what I wanted to add to that is I have we have seen this off camera, but it has happened now very frequently, where an entire ship becomes a liability and is lost to prime directive. Okay. Now wrap your hand around that. And it if you steel, consider for a like it, the NC17 it is over in between a thousand to six thousand people. Just wrap your hand around that. Losing okay. a ship with all those people They had um, families, kids, not, you know, c- uh, civilian personnel as well as military personnel.
0: Give to the Red Shirt Widows and Orphans Fund. So, anyway. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
3: <laughs> And, and I mean, Robert, just to expand bigger on what you're saying, still, that Starship, it's actually spendable when you look at what it represents when it branches out to bigger things, the whole Starfleet union, you know? If it's between you choosing that Starship is goner or it's going to break a code that might actually throw down a whole system, trust me, the other Starships are going to come to actually get rid of that Starship and blow it up with everything inside of it do you see at the end of the day it, 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 it's just hierarchies and it's a whole system uh condo that it has to be kept in place so order exists too you know so that's why they are very pre uh, like tricky and very picky about tampering with it is because it's like trying to change the future or something you know it's like uh, the past you go back and you change something but it might actually have war very very worse repercussions uh because of okay. that small little act so
2: it's like a real cool. That's exactly what you just said. There is exactly the reason why the Prime Directed have been amend- amended throughout the years.
3: Yeah.
1: And if you look at this episode in particular, they really needed to be careful because, like they were saying, like many, many lives depended on this vaccine. They tried to replicate the vaccine just so they could just leave these people alone and just like not have to be right. With it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But they couldn't replicate it because there was something very specific on this planet, or about this vaccine, that could only come from this planet, and there's nothing else. So they had to follow their customs and do some things and trickery to be able to get these vaccines to the other people. And okay, yep, that's about it. I so mean, to tr-
3: us, to us, is seen as as trickery. But if you look at it from a diplomatic uh, perspective too, in other words, they're trying to speak their cultural language. Because uh, right, so they're uh they, they're you know, they, honor to their culture. Exactly. Yeah. And, and basically and basically it's like if they don't if they don't try to to follow their, their weight of communication and their and their cultural ways, they're not gonna able, be able to even communicate or get to any consensus on why you should listen to me and why I had to bring here and it's good for you. You know, it's like that old saying, you cannot help somebody that doesn't want to be helped.
0: (laughs) Right. Yeah. Even Jeremy here says that in, in discovery, they blew up the USS Glenn in order to keep their secrets. Thank you. So I'm assuming he means uh, the show discovery.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: Okay. I haven't gotten there yet. Jeremy, you should have said spoilers. No, I'm just kidding, (laughs) buddy. We're good. Uh, (laughs) It's been more than 24 hours Tim. It has. It's it's by my own rule. It's been actually my own rule is 72 hours, uh, but it's definitely been more than 72 hours. So I guess I can't get on Jeremy's case too much. No, thank you for adding that to the conversation, Jeremy. So. All right. So let me ask. Let me ask you this. For those who are coming into the Trek world from outside, uh, you know, nerdiverses am I the only one who's confused by the prime directive or is this universally confusing or am I just the only special kid in the back of the class going, hi, I don't know what's going on. I think you're focusing on the wrong aspect. Don't worry about
1: the prime directive.
0: Well, okay. But the prime directive sure. seems, but sure. it seems so central to the, everything that's going on.
3: The problem yeah. is that if you think about it and you look how it's act upon and it's never the same, uh, the, the Prime Directive is a paradoxical directive, you know, because the, the fact that it's in there doesn't mean that you're going to follow it to the letter, to the T, every single time. Uh, and just like Robert mentioned earlier, uh, it gets ad- amended because it's part of our society and communities. It, it, we're ever changing and evolving and we have to adapt. If we don't adapt, we become stagnant and we'll find roadblocks.
2: I want to I wanna add in, in contrast to what is has been said um i think that partly the reason why you're having such a hard time um understanding the prime directive um is due to the fact that we're not seeing you're not seeing this in a timeline order and let me explain what i'm saying um okay. i had this conversation with my wife um she which by the way you all know um, she started uh, watching everything in, in timeline order. Um, she actually asked me to do this because she got tired of me com- talking about it and she's being lost. And, and some of the She things- did that?
3: I don't believe it.
2: <laughs> <laughs> you, ask you ask her. You ask her, dude. <laughs> and, um, especially about the Prime Directive, right? And, and, and I think I know where you're coming from. And, and I have kind of like, let's see if I can explain this, but we're all the way out to episode 13 on, on season one. I have done this multiple times. I think this is the first time, um, that I am enjoying it because there's so much Trek now that you added to, I added to that timeline order list, which by the way, a lot of people ask me, how are you going to do that? Cause some of the orders are, you know, it's impossible. Yeah. I, I, I made, I made my own, you know, uh, uh, liberties in, in, in the order. But the thing is, because she's watching everything in order, like, let me see if I can bring this this to perspective. Uh, the episode, um, I think it was called Dear Doctor. I think it was, well, regardless of what the name of the episode was, this is in Enterprise. Um, okay. there, there's a phrase where Jonathan Archer says, you know, someday my people are going to come up with some sort of doctrine something that would tell us what we can and cannot do i'm going to have to remind myself every and i'm making this shorter and paraphrasing it obviously i'm going to make i'm going to have to have to remind myself every day that we didn't come up here to play god and and i found that very um really really cool in the fact that i get to see where it started. Then we fast forward to Strange New Worlds. I think, I can't remember the, the, the episode number, it might have been the, I can't remember exactly, but Captur, uh, Robert April says, the console is not happy about it. They're doubling down, remaining it, renaming it the Prime Directive. So you're starting to see it form. And, and, and as you watch in order, you get to see what I was talking about, how it was all chaotic at the beginning. They're trying to be reactive to situations that were happening, especially in the TOS era. And as the situations were coming on, they were amending it. They got to a point where it was like, OK, this is ironclad. And then they they went back because now we have doctors um, and, okay. and, and people with ethical, really ethical Dilemmas bringing us like, you can't make this like the, the, the solid rule. This has to be malleable. So now Starfleet made it. So my point is in making this long story is that if you watch it in order, it might make it easier for you to understand because you could see when we did not have it, the issues we had, when we created it, the issues we had, and, and and issues going forward, all the way to like today's track, if that makes actually, any sense.
0: No, actually it does because I think of you know um, sometimes it's easier to understand a law that's being and that's basically what the prime directive is. It's a rule, it's a guideline, it's a law uh, for the, the the federation. It's easier to understand it if you're if you're there when it's being built, it's being made. You know the intent behind it. So, yeah, that makes sense to me, and I can go, okay, well, that makes sense. Uh, Jesse also says that I need to see more examples of when the Prime Directive is an issue throughout the series, and you can kind of understand each situation differently if that makes sense. That absolutely does make sense, Jesse. Mm-hmm. Uh, and by the way, Jesse from Crusher Convo, if I hadn't mentioned that before, I- go check out Crusher Convo. They're awesome. Anyway.
1: I would like to add, I have not cared more about the Prime Directive than right now. Like, I've been able to watch Star Trek without actually knowing what the Prime Directive like is per se, and just kind of, Okay, I, I knew what it was, but I just didn't care because it. it I felt it didn't actually like.
3: I retired what I say. Me. This is blasphemy now.
1: <laughs> it it, it <laughs> moved me to want to be like. No, you must follow the prime directive. Or we
0: have a bad boy here. <laughs> See, but I, I went but I, I went into Trek with the idea, the thought in my head. And maybe this is kind of where I, maybe I messed myself up with this. But I went into watching both, you know, because like I said, I'd only seen bits and pieces of Trek over the years. I had watched a couple of the movies. Um, I'd watched a little bit of TOS. It, it, it has reruns when I was a kid, that kind of thing. But only recently, within the last year, have I really gotten into any type of Trek at all. And so for me... It was going into this, going okay. So the prime directive is this all-encompassing thing; it it affects everything that's going on. It affects everything that's, you know, and and so and then. In my my understanding, was it was only if the the uh, uh, the other culture. Mm -hmm was a subculture, you know, a, a third world type culture versus a first world type culture. Uh you know, with, without the technologies and primitive and all those other things. That made sense to me. And then so to see these two cultures that were pretty, you know, pretty on par with each other and all of a sudden going, well, that violates the prime directive. I'm going, does it? That doesn't make sense. That is that's not a thing. And so it was very confusing to me.
2: I have two examples if you don't mind me going forward into your, your trek journey.
0: Well, we've yeah. already kind of done that a little bit tonight, so why not? <laughs> the,
2: the, uh. there's, these examples are, how can I say, there's a debate, let me put it this way. So I'm sure uh, we might probably have a, a common or going with what I'm about to say. But I guess this is on point to kind of help you understand, um, you're familiar with the Klingons. Oh yeah. Okay, War. so the, the the Klingons are. It's still for the Federation. There, you know, the Prime Directive applies. Even for the Vulcans, the Prime Directive applies. If you if you look back, for example, let's move on from my example. Just that, and I'll go back to it. Um, when the Vulcans first. Uh, contacted humans right um they contacted humans after our first warp uh flight okay so for them i guess because every culture has their own prime directive it's only when you're a member of the federation you had to follow that rule um they they contacted earth and they joined they, they did the first union of two separate planets. And that's where history of Starfleet started, basically. But um, a lot of humans um, got upset because, and you could probably see this if you ever watch um, Enterprise, Um, a lot of humans got upset because they're, you know, doing these things, they are losing lives on their experiments on, on space travel. And we, here we have the Vulcans. We, who we know they're doing this successfully. They had thousands and thousands of years on space travel, not saying a thing. And, and, and actually not even wanting us to go out. Uh, as a matter of fact, just to get the NX-01 out of uh, space dock was a mission and a half because of the Balkans. And that's, by the way, okay. if you're not familiar to that's the first. The NX is the uh, is the, uh configuration given to um, ships that are Uh, experimental, only when they become not experimental, they get the NCC, which you're familiar with the enterprise. The the NX01 was the enterprise, was the first enterprise. So in that aspect, it's kind of like the opposite, if you understand where I'm coming from. Uh The, the, The Vulcans didn't wanna contaminate our natural progression into becoming what we are supposed to become. And if you think about it it is a good thing that that happened because if they for example had m- meddled with us we might not have had the starfleet that we have now it might have been something completely different you don't know you don't know what would happen if they will change the natural evolution of our civilization exactly okay does that make sense I think so I'm trying and, and to that- that's just the opposite to, to the argument. I mean,
3: I'll be devil's advocate to so what Robert says. And I agree with the way that Vulcans act, actually. Because it's, it's like they don't want our scientific evol- evolution to be uh, tarnished by their more advanced technologies. You know? They want us to get okay. there on our own. <clears throat> and that's why the Prime Directive would have actually been put in place here to a, being seen as a violation. You know? Okay. It's like... You can call it as intergalactic capitalism because you're owner of the nicer car, and you know how to get it. Doesn't mean that you have to tell me or bring me my nicer car to now because so I so I can drive like you drive. You know, you see, everybody has to okay. get there on their own effort. So if you look at us as a, 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 like a species as a collective, we are individual as each species at the end until we it's reach like that. Being, contest when we're in the same place.
2: It's like okay. giving a Ferrari to a teenager. <laughs>
3: There's a reason why most people that are driving super sport cars have gray hair.
0: There you go,
2: uh,
0: Jesse. Again, from Crusher Combo says we love Picard and Crusher from TNG. We talk about we talk a lot about them on Crusher Combo, and there is more than once a conflict between him and the Prime Directive and her with oh, yeah. her Hippocratic Oath. She goes, "It's oh, yeah. great, go Bev." If you haven't caught oh, on, they, she's talking about Beverly Crusher. Yeah, that's why it's called Crusher Combo. She's a Bev head. So, uh,
2: and, and, and and based on what she said, it, it is something that you're going to encounter a lot, anyone and I mean anyone from the science division of Starfleet, anyone will always have an issue with the prime directive. okay.
0: So basically, I need to learn to look at the prime directive as a as a situation by situation moving target based upon the captain's viewpoint and what he's willing to try and go to bat for with the federation.
1: Jack Sparrow said it best about the oh boy. Target. The pirate code.
0: is <laughs> more of a guideline. <laughs> <laughs> more more like
3: <laughs>
0: okay. Maybe all right. So me, I'm me, see, I went into this looking at hard fast. This is what it is. This is what it has to be. I, so I need to look at it as more of a, a, a moral flexibility guideline yes. based upon the morals of the whoever the captain is and what they hold yeah. as important.
3: I think that, that, would that be I, accurate? That is. That's very accurate. And I think that another factor that might be actually hindering in how you receive this is when you say you are an all-time Star Wars fan. Right. And Star Wars is a completely different uh, universe and a completely different uh, scenario because over there, you are, it's black and white. It's actually tyranny
0: and then re- <laughs> resistance. Right. There's, there's no good people, there's bad people, and the bad and people get, it. <laughs> get laser swords in their bellies. That's the way it works. Okay. There's exactly. Not a gray area
2: here. Well,
0: and i'm okay with that as long as i understand that because i i think that like i said i think for me it was just the 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 initial understanding and going into this with such a rigid view of what the prime directive is and what the prime directive isn't that i that when we got to this episode instead of it being like a yield sign and going hmm wonder why why picard did that it was a stop sign and me going what in the heck is going on? Why is this happening? Where you know, and it just it was very confusing, almost kind of off-putting to me, um, you know, about what was going on in, in the episode in the series so far. But like I said, I'm five episodes in. I'm already well more emotionally invested in this than I ever thought of being with TOS. So, um, although I like Spock and Bones, but you know, if if Kirk could have been vacuum sucked out into space, I'd have been just as fine too. So,
1: uh, you kept mentioning her quote of the Prime Directive and. This is in the scene where um, Yar is like in a room or something, and but, and by the way, Picard and Yar, <laughs> Picard and Tor, uh, Troy are talking with her, <laughs> and Troy speaks up and says how simple all this would be without the Prime Directive, and so, yes. and then Picard follows that up with Ah, that crossed my mind. Yes. And he um, is, so m- maybe this particular planet does not have the weapon power that the Federation has. So sure. they could easily just walk in guns a-blazing oh and hot Solo it, but they...
0: Which I would approve of.
1: Right. So they could <laughs> easily just take the planet for themselves, but yeah. that's also not showing the respect towards their culture so and what they're
0: doing on that well,
2: planet. Okay. It's interesting. You that, say that, that makes sense too. We we see if you watch Picard, um, I, I don't, Tim, I'm, I'm sure you haven't, you haven't watched Picard.
0: I haven't watched a stitch of it. I, the only thing I've watched series wise, completely in full so far, I've watched season one of strange new worlds. That was my gateway drug. That's what got me interested in, in Star Trek and going, well, if I like this, maybe I'll like some other stuff from Star Trek. Um, and then I went to, uh, I said, well, if I'm going to do it, I'm going to do it from the beginning, and I'm going to sit down, and I'm going to power through uh, TOS, and I got to season two, and I went, well, this is Bumpkis, we're moving on, and I went to TNG, so.
2: Well, there's a scene, and I'll try to speak to it without giving too much, obviously, uh, you know, it, it's it's already old, so if you haven't watched it, there's technically no spoilers anyways, but I'm trying to go to the point that there's a scene or, or, well, actually, not a scene. It's not like an entire, you know, season, uh, where you could see what the Federation would have been like without the Prime Directive. Okay. And if you think about the Federation without the Prime Directive, you're looking at a, um, a an entity like the Klingons and the Romulans would would love to be, where they would just dominate the entire galaxy. Okay. You had to see Starfleet in that light and it wasn't good. Um so that would be another aspect to see. Okay, what how important the prime directive is for Star Trek because it it prevents Star Trek to be on becoming something like that because remember, the more power you have, the more you're going to get corrupted.
0: Sure, absolutely. It has to be second Yeah. Yeah, understood. Okay all right well i think that this conversation has been helpful i think it's kind of pointed me in the right direction it doesn't mean that robert i won't send you messages from time to time going what in the bloody hell did i just watch i uh, <laughs> <laughs> pretty sure that's going to happen still i'm still trying to get i'm still trying to get a foothold uh, in this trekker verse and, and understand what's going on and and like i said for me it's 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 a complete it's a complete uh, change of viewpoint and, and approach from anything that i've come from because you know i i watch like you know star wars and you know uh things where like that where if there's something wrong you just go and you you know blow it up and you walk away everything's fine so and that's not what happens here there's I'm there's, you, I'm there's I'm gonna, I'm gonna conversation discussion
3: i'm not gonna call you team anymore i will call, call you space cowboy
2: <laughs> <laughs>
0: so exactly uh but yeah but yeah so it's just it's just you know, getting my mind to, to, you know, to rotate a little bit and see it in a different light. And I think that for me is where, where the challenge has been. But I think, I think, like I said, I think that this has been a helpful conversation for me because it's helped me kind of see the prime directive in a different, you know, instead of being the hard, fast rule as being the, the morally flexible guideline dependent upon the captain and, and what's going on. Jesse wants to know what's my nickname. Maybe don't answer that. <laughs> well, let's see. There's Jesse and Michelle. They're from Crusher Convo. They both call themselves Bevheads. I'm going to have to think about this one, Jesse, but we're going to come up with a good one. Don't you worry about it. I'll message you in the chat later anyway okay this is uh, is
3: that way you can piss him off <laughs> <up? laughs>
0: <laughs> all right so uh let's see we've got uh uh let's see all right so hey let's shift gears real quick we're, we're running we're uh, winding down on time here for our hour-long live show that we do now looking forward to some of the coming show upcoming shows that we have for you on our friday pre-recorded episodes uh speaking of all things star trek we're very excited that this friday we have armin Shimmerman, uh, from Star Trek's DS9, he made a, a nice. second trip back to the FSF podcast. Now, one of the reasons why we had Armin come back is, number one, he's awesome. He really is. He's one of the smartest men I've ever met in my life. Incredibly, incredibly gracious and awesome. Uh, and then, uh Exactly. Uh, I'm glad you caught on to that. Uh, and then secondly, the what's that?
2: I want something from the promenade. <laughs> <laughs>
0: uh, and, and then secondly... Uh, Uh, Armin has a new book that was just released, uh, part of his uh, Ilaria series. It's called Imbalance of Power. And we talk about that, his writing process, a whole bunch of stuff. Uh, And then also the following Friday, uh, this is where Nick's Hint of Strawberries comes in. um, We release our interview with Jewel State. Also, you may remember her as Kaylee Fry from Firefly and Dr. Jennifer Keller from Stargate Atlantis. Uh, so we have an opportunity to sit down with her, and we we had just an absolute blast with both of those guys. And both of those interviews contain questions from you, our listeners. So make sure that if you submitted a question for them, uh, to make sure you tune in and see if we mention you by name and use your question. Uh, because if we did use your question, you got a shout-out in the show. So,
1: And last Friday, our guest was George Booza. George has been entertaining animation and live action audiences for years by bringing their favorite characters to life, like Beast from the iconic X-Men animated series of the 1990s. We talked to George about his time on that show and how it's coming back to Disney Plus in the fall of 2023 as X-Men 97, and how it's picking up right where the other episodes finished off. We also presented George with questions from our listeners, and he was more than happy to answer them as well. You can still find that episode of the FSF podcast on our YouTube channel and our favorite audio podcast providers.
0: Now, also, I just put this in the chat, and this will be down in the show notes down below, but there's an eBay link for this picture right here. This is a signed photo that George Buza sent to us, and you have opportunity to bid on this. Uh, and there's also one that you can buy just straight out. So there's two separate links for this. There's one that's a bid because we have two photos. One's a bid and one is an auction. Uh, but there you go. you see a nice up close with that really nicely done signature on the beast photo. Now, the, the cool thing about that is if when you bid on this and you win this auction, not only do you get that really cool signed George Booza photo, but 100% of the proceeds go to benefit a charity, rather, that is very near and dear to our hearts, and that's called Wish Upon a Teen. Wish Upon a Teen is a great organization based here out of Michigan, and what they do is they work with uh, sick kids in hospitals who have to stay for an extended period of time. Uh, for instance, many of you already know the story, but when my daughter had to stay 97 days in the hospital, they came, they redecorated her room to make it feel as much like her bedroom and a fun room as they can make a hospital room seem. But they bring them toys and they bring the, they brought my daughter um, uh, an Amazon uh, Echo Dot so that she could listen to music because my daughter was paralyzed from the neck down, couldn't use her hands. And so she could at least call out to the Echo to listen to music and, and different things. And they brought her new sheets and lights and all these different things. They're phenomenal organization. And over the last couple of years, because of the coronavirus and everything else, they've had to really scale back on uh, their charity functions and things because they do have so many sick kids and they have to be careful with them and getting them out and around these different things. So, like I said, 100% of your bid for this amazing George Booza signed photo goes to benefit that charity Wish Upon a Teen and helps them to continue to help out sick kids when they need it most. So you can either bid on it or you can go buy it directly, and uh, either way, hundred percent of the profits go to Wish Upon a Team. Now, um, yeah, and as you see at the that, it just as one last final reminder, as you see on the the banner down below, if you haven't already done it, please click like and surprise, surprise, yeah, like surprise! and subscribe, surprise, you subscribe to our show, uh, <laughs> but yeah. <laughs> But yeah, please remember to click like and subscribe. It helps our show to continue to grow. We've been getting some amazing guests. uh, And we just mentioned a couple of them there. But we have so many more guests. We have Cal Dodd, who played Wolverine on X-Men and X-Men 97. Uh, Yeah, he's the best to ever done it, Bub. And he comes on the show and he talks with us. And it is amazing as long as he can keep his earpods in. So uh, (laughs) that's fun. Uh, He's a really good dude. But uh, yeah, yeah. but yeah, so check that out. So stick with hot, us the next couple years. Uh, yeah, his uh, his ear pods kept falling out, and he was. Having <laughs> an <issue. laughs> and so. I think Apple has a thing or a setting or
1: something where, like, when you take it out, it disconnects you from a call. So he like
2: oh.
0: constantly like kept. He off would drop out. It. He would have to come back. It's going to be a feat of editing, but it'll be fun. Uh, <laughs> but yes, and Jesse, absolutely, X Men does rule. So, um, oh, you know what? I just figured out what I'm going to call Jesse. Because she loves Beverly Crusher, who's a redhead, and there's an X-Men rogue. with red hair. You are rogue. Okay. There it is. Jesse is rogue. All right. Uh, but hey, before we say goodbye to everybody, Robert, Gio, remind everybody where they can find you out on the things.
2: Robert? well, We are Science Fiction Remnant, and we talk sci-fi. And yes, all sci-fi. And you can find us everywhere.
0: There you go. And if you still have any questions as to what Everywhere is, please message him. You can find him at uh, on Twitter as at Sci-Fi rem, uh, Remnant. And uh, you can message him, ask him questions. They do a lot of interaction on there. They're, they're a bunch of chatty Cathy's with their with their Twitter hashtags and, and things. Make, You'll have a lot of fun with them.
1: Make sure you like and surprise there, too. So,
0: yeah, exactly. Like and surprise, surprise uh, Sci-Fi Remnant as well. <laughs> so... All right, guys, I think that's going to do it for tonight. For those who stuck in for the whole show, thank you for hanging out. Hope uh, that this was as informative to you guys as it was to me. But you guys are probably not Star Trek noobs and didn't need to have your handheld to get walked through what the Prime Directive <laughs> is and what the Prime Directive isn't. But uh, thank you to Robert and Gio for coming along and helping us to explain it. And Nick, thank you for being patient with me and uh, not laughing every time you tried to answer one of my questions. So <laughs> thank all right, you guys. That's gonna conclude it for us. Thank you so much. Until next Go. time, goodbye. Oh, hey, and remember, next Monday is our as our Star Wars RPG, our our, uh, our two and a half hour special edition, extra fun live show. Come back for that. You guys are gonna make sure uh, that you're gonna to want to be there for that. Anyway, and bye, Jesse. Thanks for coming in. Thanks bye. for uh, for your uh, interactions as well. All right, now I mean it. Goodbye. On behalf of the rest of the hosts of the FSF podcast, we want to thank you for listening to this episode. If you'd like to be a guest on a future episode, please contact us by means of Twitter or Instagram using the handle at FSF podcast, or go to www.fsfpodcast.com and click on the contact link. Thanks again, and hope you enjoyed the episode.